Hi, welcome to On The Daily, a podcast about finding the acoustic you. I'm your host, Danielle McCleary. I'm a serial optimist and a champion of people who has long been on a search to truly see people and help you peel back all of your layers and become the most acoustic, authentic, and best version of yourself. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Today's episode is pretty exciting. I had a chance to meet Ali Nunzi. I was on her podcast, This Human Experience, a while back and the conversation we had about our kids and what we can learn from them and then just spirituality in general was just so freaking rad. You can definitely go back and listen to that episode on her podcast, This Human Experience. But today she is here at On The Daily and... This woman is amazing. She is a mom of two, brand new. Her second one is brand new. She's been in the yoga community for a very long time. She's a business owner. She's a self-help personal development guru. She does consulting for businesses to help people communicate better with others. She is also obviously the host of her own podcast. She's just so multifaceted and also just so wise and so brilliant. This conversation is, I think... It wasn't what we thought it was going to be. It went in a completely kind of different direction than I maybe thought that we would go. But we talk about this idea of, you know, just what the world is going through from, you know, the LGBT community to the black community to anti-racism work and just how we can communicate better with others so that we can better understand people's stories and lives and situations that are not our own. And, you know, we just kind of discuss ways in which we're doing that and ways that we think that other people could do that. And so if that is appealing to you, you are going to absolutely love this episode. If that is triggering to you, I highly suggest you listen to this episode because we come from love. It is a place where we are all welcome. And I'm just so grateful for Allie to have been there. Y'all, two words, almond cow. If you haven't heard of it, where have you been? It's all over Instagram. It is the at-home nut milk maker that literally you press a button, easy cleanup. It takes two minutes and you have your own homemade nut milk. You can literally put any nut you want in there. It will just blend it right up. And there's no added ingredients, obviously, because you make it yourself. We are obsessed with ours. We use it every single day. And if you want one, you can use my code. There's an affiliate link in our show notes, or you can go to Almond Cow's website and then use Danielle15 at checkout. That's Danielle15. Enjoy. Y'all know how me and my family love a good sustainable option and, you know, ways that we can reduce our carbon footprint on this planet. One of those ways is we switched from regular toilet paper to bamboo toilet paper. My favorite brand is Hey Bippy. Uh, it's bamboo toilet paper. It is just as soft. It is strong and dependable. It's environmentally friendly. It saves trees. It's biodegradable. It's fragrance-free. They also have a spray that can turn your bamboo toilet paper into a wipe. I have a discount code. If you want to give them a try, go to heybippy.com. It's B-I-P-P-Y. Heybippy.com. Use the code on the daily at checkout. You'll get a little discount. And I have been using this now for a couple years and we are obsessed. You can get a subscription so you don't even have to go to the store. It literally will show up at your door once a month. It's amazing. Give them a try. And if you are just joining the podcast, maybe you found us through Ali Nunzi. Welcome. Welcome to the Onda Daily family. You are family now. So you can go find me on Instagram. I am Danielle underscore on the daily. 
Tell me how you found the podcast. Tell me what you're thinking of the podcast. None of these episodes are in sequential order. So pick one you like the title of and just dive in. We are very happy you're here and we are having a blast making this podcast. So if you are back for more and you're not new here, thank you for the continued support of On The Daily. Let's get into this interview with Ali Nunzi. Ali Nunzi. Hi, hun. How are you? Welcome to On The Daily. I am pumped to be on the daily. It's so good to, I can see you. The folks at home can hear us, but I can see you. So it's so good to see your face. I know. It's so good to see your face too. I actually, every time I think about this, I'm like, I should really start putting these episodes on YouTube so that everybody can see what we see. I'm just get very overwhelmed by the added technology and like brain space that would take. So I haven't done it yet, but I feel like maybe I should. You and me both. You and me both. I always say I've got a, what are they, what's that phrase? It's like, I've got a, I got a face for radio. I got a face for podcasting. So we'll just keep, keep it audio for now. I know. And I'm always like, I don't even like, I just worked out and I just came from the gym. Like I do not look like YouTube presentable at all right now. So I mean, it is what it is. It's very authentic. We're both very authentic today. Okay. So you know about this. Anything you need to clear before we jump into what I assume will be an awesome episode we're going to do today? No, not at all. Just happy to be here. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Do I have anything I want to clear? I think the only thing I need to clear is that I get very weird when I have to record when there's other people in the house because I'm afraid that like there's going to be a sound or everyone's going to be on the internet and everything's going to shut off. So I'm just clearing that I'm I'm leaving it up to the internet gods today to hope that everything stays connected. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Perfect. And if it doesn't, we'll work with what is. That's right. Right. So my friend, you, for anybody listening out there, I talk about this a lot. There are very few people that I interview I mean, I'm still a new podcast, so I'm sure this is going to change. But there are very few people that I interview that I don't know personally. And Allie actually is one of them. And I do know her personally now, but I was a guest on her podcast, This Human Experience, not too long ago. And we just really jived. And I just adore you. I think the whole premise of your podcast just comes from so much experience of being a human in this life. And I would love, you know, just to start with your story, where you come from, who are you? What are the hats you wear? What's your, you know, who is Ali Nunzi right now in this moment? It's mm, a lot to sum up in a few sentences. So I currently reside right outside of, of Atlantic City, New Jersey, which is southern New Jersey. We're in proximity to Philadelphia and about two hours south of New York City. So I'm in the Northeast. I've lived all over and I grew up here and I always said that I would never, ever, ever move back to New Jersey for all of the memes that are out there about New Jersey and the world. There's some correct <laughs> that come from somewhere. And New Jersey is home and I'm happy to be here. So what else? So as you mentioned, I'm the guest, I'm the host, I'm the guest here, I'm the host of this human experience. And the, the intention of that podcast is really it's born out of my experience as a personal development facilitator. I've owned yoga studios for nine years as of last week. We have three of them. One of them is a not-for-profit model and community center. And I noticed as I was moving in the world and meeting people all around the world, there was a thread that connected us all. And that was 
this human experience that we're here trying to figure it all out. What does it all mean? And so everything that I do now, I do business consulting and leadership development coaching, and I own my own businesses. I'm a mother of two. I'm a recent back in infant world. I have a, in three days, she'll be four months old. Um, but everything that I do is born out of inspired by this conversation that I kept having over and over again about how people move through the world, how people relate to the world around them, how they create their belief systems and their view of themselves and really how we love and live together. I love that so much. One of the things that really struck me when you and I did your podcast was just how aligned you and I are on our philosophies of the world. And, you know, one of the things we talked about in that episode was radical, you call it radical hospitality, I call it radical empathy or radical listening. And I would love to just kind of dive into that a little bit for this audience. I think we're at a really, I mean, obviously, we're at a very interesting time to be alive. And, you know, I had a couple conversations lately about just, you know, there's people that are just like, I can't believe the last year happened. And I can't believe we're, you know, this is what we're going through. And I've kind of started to adopt, I mean, not just started to, this is how I've always felt. And now I actually like talk about it where I'm like, we chose this at a certain point, we chose to be on the planet at this time in this moment. And you may not know that reason, but know that like your soul chose this time. So you know, all the cancel culture and all the just everybody not wanting to listen or agree or have a conversation with another human being. I know that you feel the same way I do about this. I want to see that change so badly. And I would love to just know like your thoughts on it and what you call radical hospitality, what that can do, especially coming from a world of personal development and coming from a space of just having conversations with other humans. What could radical hospitality amongst all humans do for the world? It's interesting that interesting and it totally makes sense. And it's, it's one, it's interesting that people I hear that all the time. Like, I can't believe this year happened or what's going on. I'm like, I can't believe that you can't believe it's not happened. Like, it's here. You, you know, you've been sleeping if you didn't know that this was coming. And so part of me is excited. I've got a level of, I'm inspired by the dismantling of things because that it's like productive destruction. It gives birth to a brand new way of being in the world. I think that we're really unpracticed and we as a collective humanity, we're not really good at being uncomfortable at all. And so, yeah, like the thing that I fear is that we won't hold on, buckle our seatbelt and do what's needed. You know, I think it's possible that we'll spontaneously <laughs> combust in our effort to form a new way. But it's interesting that we're having this conversation right now because this morning I've, I've been doing a lot of work around for myself around anti-racism and what listening for what is my role? What is there for me to do? And in a time that I call the great unlearning. That's what I, you know, whether it's this past year or the past few years and what I really think will be the next maybe decade or next hundred years is this great unlearning. There's a way that it's been and it can't be the way that it will be. And we're living in the in-between and it's what we do in this middle part that'll make all the difference. So when we talk about things like radical hospitality, radical empathy, radical listening, which are, you know, are really all the same, how we welcome 
it, how we welcome other people's experiences that are vastly different than ours. You know, it's like when we're talking about whatever it is, whether it's racism, homophobia, we're talking about Islamophobia, where we come up against these things where people have a different experience than ours. And then because it's not our experience, because it's not the air that we breathe and it's not the water that we're swimming in, we have it that it's wrong. Yeah, there's this idea that everything, there's the way and then there's everything else around it and everything else around it is less than. Now, you can't see me right now because we talked about this, but if I'm like making like a very specific (laughs) gesture where I'm like making a circle around the center, like imagine the sun at the center of the universe and everything is just going around it. But it's, that's how it is with our, I feel like our society, there is the way and then there's all of the other ways and those are somehow less than. And that, I believe, is the great unlearning. That's like where the great unlearning really just needs to just slam into, you know? Yeah. And part of what I've been doing some writing today, some about (laughs) just took a break from about my seventh hour of writing on this, but talking about white supremacy and how I now define white supremacy, right? So I am a white body. I'm a white bodied woman. And the world and especially the U.S. centers the white body as the supreme body. Right. And therefore, all of our systems support that ideal. So if you said to me a year ago in where I was on my spectrum of understanding, Allie, you are white supremacist. Allie, you are racist. I would have been like, no. And I would have been like, but I have black friends, but I have brown family members, but I have people of color that I employ. Like I would have given you all these reasons and excuses why I was not that. And so something that I was writing on today was just really redefining that phrase of white supremacy and what it is really. So as Danielle was making that hand gesture with the circle is the white body of which I am one. It's the center, right? And so, but what we know logically is it's whiteness is just a construct and, you know, fill in the blank with whatever other construct, right? So there's this made up thing, a construct, but then there's reality, right? Like the truth is the white bodies are not the, like brown bodies are the majority on the planet earth. And yet there's these structures that support me and my experience, right? So when someone comes to me with a different experience than mine, my visceral reaction is that it's wrong somehow. Or Totally. We're trained that way. And even in, because I realize that this is like triggering for some people or people start to, like I once did, spike up in the realm of like defense or being offended by having this kind of a conversation. It's needed to see reality. So radical hospitality, radical empathy, it makes space for all things to be true. And we're not good at that, right? So I'm so grateful for these kind of conversations that welcome in. Yeah, I don't have the solve for it, but I know that that's a way to at least open the door. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point where you say, I don't have the solve for it because, you know, it's so interesting. I have a lot of friends that are from all over the world, but specifically the United States and people from Oklahoma, people from Texas, people from Washington, people from New Jersey, people from New York, California, like from Florida, like all corners of the country. Right. And what became very clear to me over the last year was what you perceive to be reality is very, very, very deeply rooted in where you were raised, where you grew up, what you saw on a daily basis. And 
That's not wrong. And it was one picture. It was one story, you know, and that I think is what people I find have a really hard time understanding that like you say, just because that's not your story does not mean that that's not someone else's story. And just because you know this person's story doesn't mean that you know everyone's story that may look like that person. That's something that I've been working on because I keep going over it in my head and I I just keep thinking, if we just make more space for people to show up as they are and not cancel them because they're not doing it right... Imagine how much better this planet would be. Like when we talk about this podcast being all about the acoustic version, if we allowed, truly allowed all people, unless you're like a cold-blooded murderer, obviously, but that's not what we're talking about. So don't, if you're listening to this and you're like, but what about, no, that's not what we're talking about. (laughs) It's like the mom comes out at me. No, that's not what I'm saying. You know, what if we made radical space for all bodies and all mindsets and all religions and all like, what if we made space for all of that? I mean, it just is a really, yeah, I love these conversations so much. I mean, what do you think about recently? I was listening to Tabitha Brown. You know, I am Tabitha Brown. She's amazing. She posted a video the other night that was very much, you know, she was heavy. It was a heavy, heavy, heavy video. And she was talking about just this, that we have to make space and we have to do better. And we may not know what the answers are, but if there is somebody that you are speaking to that does not have your story and you are not able to welcome their story as another truth, then that's a problem. Like, what do you think about when you hear people just say, you know, cause we hear it all the time. Oh, well that's not happening. You know, like racism isn't, isn't a thing anymore. And I don't believe that those people are, I really don't. And I know sometimes people get really angry at me for saying this. I really don't believe most of those people are inherently racist. I really don't. I really do believe that it just comes down to they've seen one story. And we've all been there, right? Like even growing up in Los Angeles, that's a whole other side of it, you know? And you grew up on the East Coast, like near Philly. Like when you grow up near big cities, you have one version. And sure, you see a lot more color. I've grown up around diversity. I've had gay friends my whole life, like all of these things. And I have no idea what it's like to grow up in a small town in Oklahoma. I'd love to know your thoughts. Well, just think about the conversation, the diversity and inclusion conversation is much, it's a different conversation than the racism conversation. But when I think about diversity, you know, talking about many different and types of people and how we're strengthened when we invite in different stories in our own. This is like the most simple Bobo way I can describe it. If you have a plank of wood, the wood that is the strongest is the one that has the grain, like there's knots in the grain and things like that. Like that's the stronger wood, the wood that is engineered in a certain way. It all goes in, you know, all the patterns, like all the whatever grain of the wood is going all a certain color, way. Yeah, all yeah, like yeah. Shaved down. Yeah. Yeah. That's the wood that gets broken the easiest. Right. So when I think about myself in different communities, right? So I go to a really amazing progressive church, right? It couldn't be more vastly different. The studio that I am an owner of and the nonprofit yoga studio that I'm on the board of, we actually embrace diversity, diversity of thought, diversity of being, diversity as a strength. And 
I didn't learn that because I only grew up around people that looked like me. Because here's what happens. When you get in a room with people that don't think like you, by default, we get offended. We want to... I get offended. I want to defend my stance. I can't believe that you don't think the same way that I do. I'm trying to convince you of something else. But what happens there, and you say this, Danielle, is like in my ability to practice radical listening, I can listen for where we actually are alike, regardless of what's coming out of your mouth. And then we can link arms, right? So we have better than one lens is two lens, better than two lenses is 10, you know? And so the more voices that are heard, the more experiences that are amplified, the better and stronger we get, right? So what's happening right now with racial reckoning in the United States is that I really believe that social media is playing a huge... These conversations, they're not new people. It's not because of the police brutality that's happened. This has been happening since the dawn of humanity. It's been happening since the inception of our country. And so our ability to, you know, social media has amplified our ability to see people's stories, to hear people's stories, to connect with people. I don't know. I don't readily connect with people that live in Oklahoma just because I'm not in proximity to them. I don't know what their experience is like. And now because we have social media, I can And so in rapid fire time, we're getting access to people's stories and we've got folks that don't know what to do with their listening. Yes, that is such a good way to put it. Yeah, because they're seeing all of this and then they're hearing all these other things and it's like overload of information from social media. So yeah, I mean, I've been in that position where I go, oh, well, this is this and this is that. And like, what is, uh, uh, and you get overwhelmed and a confused mind says no, you know, and then it goes into that conversation of cancel culture, which if there is one thing that I hate more than anything in this world, it is cancel culture. I will never understand why. And again, I'm not taking any, there are people that are very angry and they are rightfully angry. And that is something that like, I can't ever understand because I have never walked in those shoes. And I will say that if we want to move forward, if we want this to be a space where all bodies have equal space to grow, learn, give ideas, speak, love, like all the things, we have to get to a place where when it doesn't feel good because it's not the way you feel, you're able to, like you said, take a step and go, okay, this is not my experience, but this is this person's experience. And my truth can exist with their truth. And we can find that balance so that we can move forward in a more effective and beautiful way. I mean, it sounds like really easier said than done. And it is. It's a lot easier said than done. But it's such a simple concept. Listen more. Listen deeper. Allow more voices to be heard. It seems so simple. What would be your advice to somebody who is just... Maybe they're in that place where they're having like a great unlearning right now. And it's confusing. And it's triggering. And it's overwhelming. What would be your advice to those people, regardless of you know what they look like or who they pray to or you know who they decide to sleep with? You know, What would be your advice to those people who are on that journey? I think it's important to know that collectively we're experiencing the best way I can put it is like an exposed nerve in a cavity or something where it's like just so painful for all parties. And if we want to heal the cavity, we want to, we have to know that there's an exposed nerve. And so just buckle your seatbelt and 
an ingredient that's missing from most of these conversations, especially the cancel culture conversation, is tenderness. To be tender hearted with yourself, give yourself some grace. You don't know what you knew until you knew it. And it's going to take. So one of the things that I'm really interested in learning about is epigenetic trauma. So you can look that up, but how we inherit ancestrally trauma and how conditions persist. And we've gotten to this place of reckoning, the exposure of the nerve. It took 400 years to get here. It's taken thousands of years to get here. There's not new tribalism, racism, when things are not, you know, regardless of what you look like or your sexual orientation or any of those like identifying ways, ways in which we could prejudge someone like that comes from there being one way to do something. So we're learning now that there's not one way. There's an infinite amount of ways to be on the planet Earth. And there always has been. So if that's new news to you, which it may be. What I want to say is you're welcome here. We are so glad that you're learning and it's going to take you a really long time and it's very nuanced and layered. So just come on now. You've just like pack up for the long haul. It takes a really long time. This isn't new news to me. And I can tell you, I'm still learning every single day, every single day where I've been unconscious to certain things or because they weren't my experience or structures that I benefit from that I had no idea it was, you know, fishes to water. I just thought that's the way that it was or it is for me. And so that's the way that it was. That's just not true. So if you're new in the, the world of unlearning, which there's lots to unlearn, take a deep breath and be tender with yourself and be tender with other people. This is what I'll say. There was a long time when I started to see stuff for myself and just structures that I benefit from. I then would get really angry and like ragey towards whatever other white people, the way that it is like fill in the blank, you know, people that I would say I could be kind to everybody except for if you're oppressing people that I love. Well, guess what? We're all human beings. And those people need tenderness too. My friend Erica Jones, she was a guest on my podcast and she's an incredible diversity inclusion communication expert. She said, stop calling people out and start calling people in. Yes, that is so good. I see this in the LGBT community all the time. And I know it exists in other communities as well. But, you know, I'm in the community I'm in. So that's what I'll speak to. But you know, if somebody comes, like if somebody wakes up and they find themselves realizing that there's infinite ways to do things, that's a very hard place to be because being out of control in a system that you used to feel very in control in is very hard. And that is emotional and it is traumatic and it can bring up a lot of feelings. And so what I see is people I see this a lot from like my very, very Christian friends that grew up in a very evangelical situation. And nothing against evangelicalism. Like that's your faith. That's your faith, you know, and they come to me and they say, well, I don't know. Like, why are there so many letters in LGBTQIA plus? And I said, because there's like infinite ways to be right. And I see it all the time in my community where people will kind of come looking for answers and they are met with 
well, you should just figure it out. Like you should just go figure it out because it's not my job to explain it to you. I have never adopted that theory. I've never subscribed to that theory because for me, if somebody's coming to me to ask me questions about things that I know to be true about myself, I don't want anybody else answering. I don't want them to go look anywhere else. I want to be able to answer it and then maybe direct them towards information that might also help them on their journey. Yeah. Like invite people in, don't call people out, you know, or call people in, not out. Because if people are coming to ask questions and they're coming to learn about something that maybe they had no idea about, if you are a person who does have information that they are searching for, give it to them. Don't cancel them out. Don't call them out for not knowing because that makes it look like, like, oh, like your shit doesn't stink. Like there are things you don't know either. Even if you are, you know, quote, woke, there are things that you don't know. And if somebody else knows them, then, then confide in them. And as somebody, if you are a person who does know something and somebody comes to you, my advice is be tender. Answer questions. I see it all the time in the LGBT community where they just cancel people for not knowing what transgender means or cancel people for not knowing what being pansexual means and not understanding the difference between gender and sexuality. And they just cancel them because they just don't understand. And it's like, imagine how much better that situation could have gone if you would have called them in and explained it to them from a very personal perspective. And ultimately, this is a generalized statement. And I think that most folks that have been in any kind of marginalized community or had an experience of marginalization for themselves, what we want is what we want is a changed culture. We want a changed world. And so there's a gap that lives there between the way that it is now and the future that we want to create. And so what are we doing to sow seeds and to repair the way that it is now to create the new future that what I want more than anything is a world that works for everyone. And it does not work for everyone today. I'd be totally ignorant if I was like, you know, rainbows and unicorns and butterflies about it. I'm not. There are real horrors that are happening. There are real time traumas. I mean, okay, there's been two murders of young black men for no valid reason. The very public murders in this past week. And if there's two public, then imagine how many are not public, you know, or being, you know, publicized in that way. So, you know, like there's real time traumas that are happening in marginalized communities. And so knowing and being tender, right, because this shit gets messy. It's messy, right? I don't know. I could go to someone who's a member of the trans community and ask them a question about their experience because I genuinely want to know more and they might be having a bad day or it might be triggering to them in some way. But my ability to also be tenderhearted in my question asking is important. So there's reciprocity in how we be for each other. Yes, 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 yes. And ultimately, I mean, you kind of said we're like, as a society, we're a cavity with an exposed nerve right now. You know, that's like kind of I need that on a shirt. (laughs) Just walk around with a shirt that says that. But I think that that is a synonym of we are very acoustic right now. We are very exposed. We are very vulnerable and open and raw. And for a lot of people, that's a very uncomfortable place to be. Do you feel... Like between your, you know, the journey you're on with anti-racism work or just with your podcast or, you know, being a new mom again, you know, do you feel like your acoustic self right now? I think now more than ever. I think that I've done a really good job at presenting like 
it's so interesting, like presenting like my shit's together, even though it's not. And now beyond it individually and as a collective, it's all exposed as we don't know. I don't know. Like I've got a lot of experience in personal development work. I've got a ton of experience in the world of yoga, which is, you know, the community that I'm a part of. And still, there's so much I don't know. And there's so much I don't know that I don't know. So it's interesting when things happen societally or there's a hard thing to move through because I'm a a leader of my community or I'm seen as a leader of my community. Lots of people will come to me for advice or coaching or whatever. And I'm like, I just, I don't know. I don't know. And, uh, you know, the Dalai Lama says that's the most enlightened phrase in the universe is I don't know. It really is. I mean, I think that's the other thing we do as a society is we pride ourselves on the burden that we must know everything. And it's just so not true. It's a lie we've been fed, in my opinion. That's an absolute blatant lie that we've been fed, that we have to know everything. And, you know, I think I really do appreciate that that's coming to light more than ever now, because it's coming to a light in the way that we see our politicians, in the way that we see our lawmakers, our public health officials. You know, it's very clear that there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't know. <laughs> and I think I agree with you. I think now more than ever is the perfect time to get really quiet with ourselves and just feel what it feels like to live in the body you're in knowing what you know, not knowing what you don't know, and figuring out the best way to move forward so that more voices can have spaces at your table and the world's table. Yeah, 100%. And my acoustic version of myself right now, or I am in the, there's no other way to be than the acoustic version of myself right now is that I don't have to know. Right. So like you were saying, is like there's this facade that we like have to know all the answers. And if I finally admit that I don't, then, you know, then I've got some kind of imposter syndrome. And who am I to use my voice? Who am I to claim authority on some kind of subject matter? But I, um, what's coming to mind for me is I have a good friend who's an orthopedic surgeon and I have a hip thing going on. So every time I would see my orthopedic surgeon where I live, I would call him and cry. And then he'd have to like tell me the information that I was looking for because what I was seeking was safety and security. And finally, he told me I was standing on the street corner outside of the University of Pennsylvania hospital crying on the phone with him. And he said, people think that doctors know all the answers and we're just making our best educated decision. And we're just saying from our best hypothesis. And he said that to me like six years ago. And I have brought that forward everywhere in my life is like, while yes, I might have some authority in some subject matter, I'm still just doing and saying and choosing to the best of my knowledge. And when more information presents itself, then I'm responsible to do something with that information. Yeah. I, I mean, isn't that the case with everybody right now? Everybody is just making educated guesses all over the place. And it's, I think you nailed it. Like it's a tenderness that we have to move forward with because the lack of grace being given to people trying to figure it out is pretty shocking and alarming and understandable for some communities given the, you know, 4,000 years of trauma that they've endured. You can ignore it for a while. And then eventually the floodgates are going to open and the reckoning will be here, you know, and that's kind of, I think the, that's kind of like where we are right now. It, I have today, obviously, when we're recording this, my dad, he's been officially gone for three months today. And 
I've been in a really weird up and down place, obviously, for the last few months. And it's just been a really, it's been a really enlightening time, honestly, for me to just get really honest with myself and be just the most acoustic I can be every moment. Because I honestly, I don't know how to be anything else anymore. You know, I used to just say, you know, if something happened that I didn't make me feel good or I didn't agree with, I'd be like, okay, well, whatever. Like, that's fine. And like now I really don't take anything that is not for me. Like if it's not mine, I don't pick it up. And if it's not for me, I'm very, very easy to just be like, that's not for me. At the same time, I'm advocating and, you know, advocating for people's voices and amplifying. But yeah, you know what I mean? It's one of those things where I used to just pick up everything that wasn't meant for me because I felt I had to. I felt like it was my burden to bear. And it's actually been a really acoustic kind of enlightening time for me because I'm very protective of my energy and I do want to direct it toward amplifying voices that maybe can't amplify themselves and not picking it up if it's not mine, you know, walking that very fine line. It's just a really, it's a wild time to be alive, you know? <laughs> it totally is. You know, something else that I think is really missing in our culture that I would love to see put in is discernment and discerning for yourself. What is mine? And what do I need to, speaking of calling in, what do I need to call closer into my being? And what do I need to move further out? Maybe it's a job or a person or a community or a way of thinking, but what do I need to move further out? And it's like kind of the conversation around boundaries. If I have good, healthy boundaries, which I think some of us have a bastardized relationship to boundaries. I don't know. I've heard people say like, I'm having boundaries with this person or that person. I'm like, no, you're not. You're just avoiding what there is to do. But now my transformation, my transformed relationship to boundaries is what is there to move closer in and what is there to place closer out? Yeah, because close and far are both boundaries. Self-care is a boundary. You know, making sure that you give time for your family and making sure that you do allow space for, you know, other people to those are all boundaries. Making time for space and protecting your energy are both examples of boundaries that, yes, I think a lot of people have bastardized as well. It's Everybody just assumes that if you have boundaries, you're avoiding someone. But that's actually just all you're doing is avoiding that. And people I also find... And we're like on a tangent and I love it. I also find that people tend to... They set boundaries too late in a relationship and then get mad when people don't respect their boundaries. And I always go, well, you never set them in the first place. So you can't expect this person who's created habits in this relationship to recognize a new... To just implement a new idea that quickly. I just really believe in setting boundaries, good and bad, close and far, right from the beginning. It just makes everything so much easier. Absolutely. You know, I'm sure you've been on the receiving end of phone calls from friends or something that want to complain about their partner or they've got a new boyfriend or girlfriend and they're trying to navigate that whole world. It's like, is that true or is that how you train them to behave? Yes. Or have you allowed that to happen for the last six years of this marriage you've been in? You know, it's always bothered you or it's always been an issue or it's always been there. Why wasn't that communicated six years ago? Because now six years in, you can't expect like, it's like, that's what's that saying about dogs learning new tricks, old dogs, like it's hard for old dogs to learn new tricks. The same way with our relationships and the way that we 
interact with one another, you know? Yeah. And what is our responsibility there? Right. So say you wake up one day, six months into a marriage, a relationship, you've had a job for six years, whatever it is. And you're like, okay, no more. I've had enough, you know? And then what, right? Like how do we then have self-responsibility to create a new way? Yeah. You do a lot of personal development work. And I feel like this is the same way with our habits. And, you know, people will want to be, they want to start a business or they want to grow themselves or they want to, you know, expand their knowledge on something. And it's, well, okay, but you have had this habit for a very long time. And now you basically want to change your identity to do this, but you're forgetting all those tiny things in between that need to happen first. And that those things are going to keep you from growing. I actually, I'm reading a book right now. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Have you read? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so good. Every time I turn the page in this book, I go, oh, wow. Yep. If that ain't me. If that ain't me. So I want to ask you where, you know, five years from now, I would love to know like what your five-year vision is. You're just doing so much right now. And after speaking to you a few times, it just feels like you're kind of on this precipice of your life, like jumping to a new place. It feels exciting. Like being on this end feels very exciting. And I just want to know like what your vision is five years from now. Where are you? What are you doing? Oh, yay. Well, I love that that's coming across the screen. You know, where I'm at right now. So it's important to just take inventory of where I've been. So like I said, I've owned yoga studios for nine years. I've done personal development work. So I've had businesses. I've interacted with many, many people and have all kinds of experience that brought me to the now. And what I see that there is to do and what I launched this past year is a consulting company. So what I love to do more than anything is help all people realize that they can be self-led. And so self-leadership, self-responsibility, all of that comes into play. So what I love to do is to go into companies and organizations and teach them how to work together better. And I believe that every company should be a social impact company. Now, there should be no reason that, you know, we live in a capitalist society, right? We're not going to change that overnight. And so what do we do with the structures that we have? How can we sow seeds for good and take care of our people along the way? So over the next five years, I will work with all kinds of different companies so that they are taking care of their people better. So whether we're selling beauty products or refrigerators or yoga or soul, you know, whatever, spin classes, all that stuff that we're taking care of each other better. And that starts from both angles from the, you you hear, it starts at the top, right? But it also starts at the bottom, our foundation. And so what we forget about often is that in between. So, you know, within the next five years, the contribution that I hope to make to the world that I want to be a part of is changing the way people do business and how people listen and live together better. So you must love a good B corporation. (laughs) Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I was going to say, you sound like you're literally speaking the creed for a benefit corp. Yeah, I love that. I love that, Ali. I love that so much. I think it's just such a valuable work right now. You know, It's work that everybody needs and everybody wants, but not a lot of people know how to start or initiate. And it takes a brave human to be willing to say, I'll go first and I'll lead by example. So thank you for that. I want to be mindful of your time. If somebody wants to connect with you, where's the podcast? If they want to work with you consulting wise, like plug yourself a little bit as much as you want. 
Yeah. So my podcast, again, is This Human Experience Podcast with Allie Nunzi. You can find it on any podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, etc., etc. You can connect with me directly on Instagram. It's at Allie Nunzi, A-L-L-I-E. And UNZI, you'll find this human experience.pod and nunziconsulting.co on Instagram as well. That's the most interactive place that you can find me. And I love to hear from people. I know, Danielle, that there's lots of solopreneurs and entrepreneurs that listen to your podcast. So if you're one of those people and you want to connect and you want to explore what's possible for your vision and your work, your community, your organization, your teams of people, your family, wherever people gather. And I want to chat with you. Uh, please go and see her, you guys. We're going to put all of those links, all of those ats, all of those hashtags. We're going to put all of that into our show notes. So if you missed any of that, just go to our show notes on any platform and you'll be able to see them there. We're going to play a game before I let you go. It's called Quickfire. Do you know about Quickfire? I don't. Okay. So at the end of every episode, we play quick fire and I am going to ask you for one minute as many questions as I can. And it is simple answers. Nothing like no explanation, no overthinking. Just the first thing that comes to mind, what your answer is in that moment. How do you feel about that game? I feel great. Let me drink water first. <laughs> She's like, hold on. Let me stretch. <laughs> water to fire. Here we go. I always have to ask though, when's your birthday? My birthday is September 11th. Oh, yeah. You're a Virgo. I'm such a Virgo. So this might be hard for you. Okay. 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 (laughs) Here we go. You ready? One minute. Favorite color? Yellow. Favorite vacation you've ever taken? Italy. Best restaurant you've ever been to? Central Provisions in Portland, Maine. Tropical vacation or mountain vacation? Mountain all day. Best piece of clothing you own? Whatever one that I'm wearing that day. If you were going to have another child, what would you name it? Emma after my husband's grandmother. Favorite advice you've ever been given? Hassan slowly. Hmm. Best book you've ever read? Oh gosh, this is so hard for a Virgo. I've an infinite amount of books on my bookshelf. Uh, the Prophet, Khalil Gibran. That's good. That was it. You did good, actually. Yay! That was the minute. Yeah, see, <laughs> it's very painless. It really is. Everybody always gets very worked up about it, but it's very painless. Yes. Yeah, so uh, that was great. <laughs> Virgos always want to have the right answer. So go me for uh, not having the right answer. Oh my gosh. One of my best friends. Yeah. One of my best friends from childhood is a Virgo. And like she had to graduate college and then she had to get married and then she had to buy a house and then they had to have a dog and then another dog and then they could have babies. And let me tell you, she did all of that in order without fail. And it's just the most impressive thing because as a Sagittarius, I am a squiggle. (laughs) I'm like, well, we're going to go here. And then maybe we're going to come back here, but then we're going to go there. Like, it's just, it's a wild time to be best friends with a Virgo. (laughs) You know, I have got like a B plus personality. I'm not like a type A or type B. I'm like a A minus B plus. So as a Virgo, it's like, it's more like I've got the way that I've got it and it's got to occur a certain way. So I've never been the, that graduate college, do the thing, white picket fence. And I've done that version in my own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Well, Ali, thank you so much for being on here, for sharing your heart and your wisdom with On The Daily. I just adore you. Thank you so much. Back at you. Thank you so much. I'll see you soon. Bye. I want to share with you a company that I ran across a couple weeks ago, and it's called Last Object. Their mission is to basically eliminate single-use items and create reusable, sustainable alternatives. So if you know anything about me, you know that I absolutely live in a sustainable house. We 
don't use real toilet paper. We use bamboo toilet paper. We don't use plastic. We use metal straws. We've gotten rid of napkins and we use cloth, like any way that in our family, we can kind of create a more sustainable household for our family and for the planet, we do. So last object I'm really excited about. They have so many different things like from reusable Q-tips to cotton rounds to plates and a lot of things that would normally pollute the environment. They have all sorts of reusable items that are eco-friendly and obviously a better alternative. And I have a discount. So if you are interested in kind of switching your household to a more sustainable household, go check them out at Last Object. The link that you should click is in our show notes. So if you go to Apple Podcast show notes or wherever you're listening to your podcast and you click at the link, you'll be able to kind of go straight to their site. But if you use on the daily 10 at checkout, you will get a discount. And so I hope that you have fun with that. I really hope that that conversation sparked some good ideas and some good, I guess, juju inside of you. Go out and just communicate with other people. Listen deeper. I love having that conversation all the time, but it's also especially, it's really lovely to have that conversation with a fellow white woman because there are a lot of perspectives that I, as a white woman from Southern California, don't understand, you know, and that ranges from the experiences of my black friends to the experience of my Asian friends, to the experience of my transgender friends, to the experience of my friends that grew up in a very small town in the South. I know my experience and the only way that I'm going to learn others is if I continue to listen and ask questions and have that come to a conversation with a place of radical empathy. So I urge you to go out and have those conversations today and lead with love. And I just cannot thank Ali Lindsay enough for sharing her gifts with us. She's just so brilliant and so wise and I adore her. Next week, we'll be back for more. Every episode is on its own. So pick one, right? If you want to communicate with the podcast, find me at Danielle underscore on the daily. Find the podcast at on the daily pod. This podcast is available any single place you listen to podcasts. So Apple Music, Spotify, Google, I mean, you name it, it's there. So if there is somebody that you think needs to hear this episode or would resonate with this episode or any of our episodes, send it to them and they can listen to it on any platform. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't give us a rating, write us a review, all the things. And wherever you are, I hope you're having the day that you need and we will see you next week.